Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. In 1822, a man named Heinrich Schleinmann was born. uh, He was the fifth of five children born to a very poor family. But his parents would have never dreamed that he would grow up to be as famous or as wealthy as he was. He was very much like the other boys in his age. He was raised in a classical education, and he read the stories, uh, Homer's poems, the Iliad, and the Odyssey. Many of us have read them, and uh, just became enamored with them. In these days, everyone thought they were complete and total mythology. But Schleinman, as he began to think about it, believed that even though these stories were 2,700 years old, they were actually true. They were actually based on real people, real events, real circumstances. Now, there's obvious some elaboration in the stories, but he believed these were real people in places. And he actually went and got an archaeology degree in order to prove it. He searched the world over for the city of Troy. If you're familiar with the story, this is the story of the Trojan horse. This is the story of Achilles and Hector, uh, Agamemnon, all of those uh, stories. He believed they were true people and true events. So what he did was he began to try to find and excavate the ancient city of Troy. It's in modern-day Turkey. He actually was able to find uh, that city, excavate it. In those days, no one believed that these were real stories. So they just were like, they're like, whatever, yes, just go and look. And he, he did. Also in these days, you didn't turn in your findings to a museum. You might sell them to them, but you didn't turn them in. You kept them. So he found things like this is the face of the, the death mask of Agamemnon, who was a real uh, king in those days of the Greek city-state. Also, my favorite picture of his, this is a picture of his wife wearing all of the jewelry that he excavated from Troy. So he's just like, go out there, knock yourself out. You you know, like, I mean, millions of dollars of jewelry, and she's just wearing it like to a party or something. And so, so I love, the reason I like this story is this treasure was available to anyone. In fact, they actually found Troy in, under a city in modern-day Turkey, and there were people who could have literally dug in their backyards a few feet and found treasure. But no one believed it was real. Everyone thought it was just mythology, so no one even went and looked for it. Now, last week we talked about how God gives us gifts. Every time that we, when we are saved, God automatically gives us gifts. Today we're going to talk about prayers for gifts. These gifts are all available, but they're not automatic. Last week, this is what God says. When you get saved, this is what I give you. This week, he says, when you get saved, I want to teach you how to hunger and thirst, how to pray for these gifts. They're available to you, but they're not just automatic. Just like Schleinman had to go and he had to search for and find and dig for these treasures, you and I have to do the same thing. Now, in this book, in the book of Ephesians that we're in uh, right now, one of the reasons that I wanted to preach through this book is leading up to some things that are happening within our church, one of which today we'll talk about is group link, and one of which that is coming in the days to follow, which is a new capital campaign. We are growing tremendously at River Valley. Last week, we had 1,025 in attendance here on campus. 
269 children. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I, uh, Kimberly, our, our children's pastor, was in the first service. I was like, some of you, you're like, oh, I have three children. She has 269. So just don't, don't complain, right? But and so we want to we want to let you know what's coming as far as our, our plans, our growth plans. Specifically, we will uh, be doing in the fall a new uh, capital campaign in order to build uh, some more buildings. We'll tell you about those later. But what I want to do today, and the reason I wanted to do Ephesians, is because this is a prayer. In this section of scripture, he prays for spiritual insight. Paul teaches the church to pray, and I want us to get in front of this and just God, what do you want to do, and how can you open up? And he gives you so many practical insights. If you, if you are going through a, a stage in your life, he's going to show you how to pray for God's insight and clarity and wisdom. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to act What in these next stages? So it's very, very helpful. So also, it's poor form to preach about prayer and not to pray. So we're going we're gonna to break this up. There's one Thanksgiving and then three requests. We're going to break them up and we're going to pray according to the, the outline that is in this book. Now, we've been praying a lot at River Valley. God's doing some pretty cool stuff. Most of the time, it's uh, I like praying and the way I pray is in response to Scripture. And so that's what I'm teaching you. Here's the Scripture. Here's what it means. Let's pray about it. Here's the Scripture. Here's what it means. Let's pray about it. We're going to do that uh, today as we go. So uh, what does God have available for us in gifts? First, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. 15 says, this is why since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not never stopped giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Paul starts out this section. He says, we're going to pray, but let's start our prayer with thanksgiving. Let's thank God for what we already have. Have you ever sacrificed as a parent? And I mean, you, you get all of these gifts, and they're very thoughtful for your children, and your children are surrounded by gifts, and they're opening them. I mean, it took you months to earn the money. You had to, you know, wrap them all up, everything. They, they rip them open in 38 seconds. They're surrounded by toys, and then they, they say what? Is that all? Yeah, yeah, that's all. In fact, with this one, we're taking back because all I got was a stupid tie. All right, so yeah, yeah, that's it, you know? It's rude when we have so many things that we don't say thank you before we ask for more things. And so God, God absolutely wants to bless us. God absolutely wants to give us more things. But let's not start out asking for more until we say thank you for what we already have. In Christ Jesus. Now, in this section as well, it says one of the things he's thankful for is the love that we have for the saints in the church of Ephesus. So we at River Valley, our strategy is we love, we grow, we give, we go. The love part of that, the love part of that is found in our groups, found in relationship with our groups. You can't, I can't have uh, relationships with a thousand people. That's impossible. This is not meant to be the environment to have relationships, but we do have those in our groups. And Paul thanks God. If you're here today and you're like, I like the church, but I don't know many people or I'm not very connected. Fantastic day for you to be here so that we can experience the love of the saints. See, when I have a problem, when I have needs, I don't call the church. I call my group. I call our friends. And they're there for me in the same way that, that I am for them. And so that's the love component of our strategy. And so we want to use that as a sounding block today for us to pray. So let's pray through this scripture um, as you just bow your heads for just a moment. He says, I never stop giving thanks for you. He's talking about the church at Ephesus. Start today by thanking God for what you love about River Valley.
start today about thanking God for different people, different ways that God is using this place in your life, has used it in the past. Practice gratitude today. Start today by praising God in faith for the love of the saints. The people will get connected today in groups. That they'll have a need, they'll find a, a group of people that's like them at just the right time. You're not, you're not asking something, you are praising God in faith for what's about to happen. In your own life, we are often very quick to point out the problems or the, the needs of the day. Thank God for what you have. Father, we praise you for who you are and what you are doing in Christ Jesus among us as a people. God, I thank you for the way that you are bringing us uh, new people, new, uh, especially, God, a new family, so many children that we get to share the love of Jesus Christ with. God, so many young families. I, we praise you for that. Amen. So after Paul does his uh, Thanksgiving, he's going to give us three requests next. First request is in verse 17, and it says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So the first request is a prayer for a spirit of wisdom, knowing who God is, revelation in Him. Revelation is a, a picture of Him revealing something, something secret to you. But make no doubt about it, wisdom is an action word. This is where we mess up in our day, I think. Uh, we, we live in a knowledge day. You can find out anything you want. You can Google anything. You can YouTube anything, and there's so much knowledge out there. But that's not what this is. Wisdom is how to use that. Wisdom is a how word or an action word. And he's praying today. He's saying, look, I want you to know how to use what God has given you so that what? So that he can reveal himself so that you can know Christ in your life. Be careful that you're not praying for some sort of like him to shout from the sky when you're not already using what he's given you. You're not already using how he's given it to you. Let me give you an illustration. I'm going to show you a picture. This is a picture of my house in Tahitian Village. Uh, so uh, you, you guys pay well. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is actually, it's called Hearst Castle uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, it was owned, it was originally built by William, William Randolph Hearst. Uh, he was a newspaper conglomerate. Uh, at one time had over 30 newspapers, major newspapers throughout, uh, across the United States, uh, magazines. And, and he really and truly could shift politics by writing uh, articles different ways. Very, very uh, extremely uh, wealthy and influential man in his day. He was also a great uh, art collector. Let me show you a picture of, of one of the rooms. Uh, look at the art uh, all along the walls. Look at the, the not just the paintings, but uh, the sculptures and the everything. So he, he was incredibly wealthy. So he was always buying all of these artifacts, all of this art. All of, I mean, he had a curator full time. That that's all he did is, you know, I found this. You want this? Or he would send him out. One time, uh, Hearst was reading a story about a piece of artwork, and he thought, I have to have it. 
I have to have it. So he called his curator in and he said, I want you to go and I want you to, you to find this piece of artwork for me. Now this, you know, this is way before computers. So the person has to do all this fact checking, going all over, talking to museums. He finally finds it, it takes months. And, and her says, no matter the price, get it for me. I want it. After months, the curator calls hers back and says, well, I've got two pieces of good news. The first is I found it. Hearst is like, good, good, just whatever, just buy it, I want it. He said, the second piece of good news is it won't cost you anything. He said, you're kidding me. He said, no, it's free. He said, and I actually have a third piece of good news, and that's that you already own it. It's in your warehouse. <laughs> he had so much that he was sending him out to buy stuff that he already owned. He didn't even know it. I think sometimes that's the way we act when we have a request like this. I just want to know God more. I just want this special revelation that God would show himself to me and I, I could figure out who he is. Listen, we have the word of God that is available to us. Today, you have this tremendous opportunity to learn about Jesus Christ through the people that you connect with in group. Every single year in group, it happens once or twice uh, a year for me in group. Someone will say something, and I, it, will, it will click, and the Lord will highlight. It's almost like a highlight comes out on this statement, and I'll think, I'm going to build a part of my life around that. I'm going to adjust how I do things, because that was wise. That was so, and, and it might be something that they've grown up with their whole life, and, and that they just take for granted, but I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Or here's what I see in Scripture, and I'm like, I've never seen that. I, I kind of wish my group, that we would do my group before the sermon, because my sermons would be so much better. Uh, but we do it afterwards, and the only weird part of group is, is uh, every week they're like, well, what'd y'all get out of the sermon? And every once in a while, no one will say anything, which that's just weird. I'm in the group, right? You, you know, they're like, I didn't understand it. It wasn't that good. You're, Shh, that's my wife. Uh, so, yeah, you know, so you got to be careful. So listen, be careful. God wants you to get special wisdom, special revelation of who he is and what he wants, but use what he has. You have an opportunity today in groups. And then as those, you have an opportunity to pray, God, teach me. Teach me through this group of people. Teach me through these, uh, these Bible studies. Teach me through these topical groups. Teach me. Just let me see who you are and what you desire for me. So the first request is wisdom and special revelation. So let's pray again for that right now. What is it that is happening in your life that you need clarity on? Pray to God. What is it that you need, that our church needs? God, help us to see what you're doing in the days ahead. Pray for us as we begin to make long-term strategies with buildings, with staffing, with where to put people, how to... How to exponentially grow like we are right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge and uptake in that. God, help us. Pray for the God of the universe to give you special wisdom and revelation of his son, Jesus Christ. No matter what you're praying for, ask God, show me how Jesus fits in this. Show me this 
problem that I have. Show me this opportunity that I have. Where do you, where's Jesus in that? God, highlight who he is in this moment. Father, I thank you that you are not a God who is far off and aloof. You are a God who is here and ever present and real. I praise you that we can wake in the morning and we can read our Bibles and know that we are hearing from the God of the universe. I praise you that we can go into our groups and that you would speak uh, through what you've taught your servants around us. God, may we know you more as we seek to follow you. Amen. The second request is found in verse 18. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, which is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now, he gives us an inheritance, he says, and we talked about that last week. Part of that inheritance is your calling. But your calling, you know, he might choose to just reveal it to you, but you can always find it when you begin to seek after God and really and truly believe he has a purpose and a calling for your life. Now, your job might be your calling, but your job might be the financial engine of your calling as well. So you might say, you know what, man, I, I get so much fulfillment. I do this job and it, God has placed me here and I'm a missionary to the, the people around me. But also God might say, you know what, I, I want you to do that, but, but you, that's not really who you are. What I've done, though, is given you the ability to financially propel your calling through your job. So it could happen either way. So don't think if you don't have that, that it's not true. Also, our callings will shift and move over time during different seasons of our life. Think about it. Uh, you know, I've talked a lot about in recent days, most of my friends my age were all becoming empty nesters. I had a friend, a pastor friend who this week became an empty nester and we were talking on the phone and I was like, well, how's he? He goes, I have so much time. He said, I never realized how much time kids take. I was like, I know they're so selfish, right? Just me, 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 right? And he was like, I can do this. I can do this. I got so, and, and okay, that's fantastic. Now you need a new calling. What are you going to do with that time? What are you going to do with that? So there's a, there's a transitional callings where you're like, okay, I'm going into a new piece. You know, now I have uh, children. Now I have no children. Now I have a new job. What is your calling in all of that? God has a plan and it won't be found any other way than seeking his face. He wants you to know him intimately and he wants you to know I have planned for you a purpose in your life. It is not to just wait until you die. There is a calling in that. And he gives us a great illustration to do that. So in order to do this illustration, if you have little kids in here with you right now, in about a minute, I'm going to uh, have them turn off the lights. I'm telling you that right now because if I did it, it's not going to be scary. I'm not trying to shock them, all right? But I know, you know, some of you, uh, you need to prepare your kids. So I'm going to turn off the lights. Some of you are like, oh, good. I'm glad I prepared my kids. You're scared, okay? I get that too, right? So, but we are going to turn off the lights for a second. So this is what God says. Let's turn them off. This is what God says our life is like before we understand our calling. We do not know. We do not see. You know there's a purpose out there. You know that there's something, but you don't know what it is. And so what do you do? You pray to the God in the word he uses there. You pray to the God for enlightenment. He lights. It's not enough for everything, but it's some. 
And all of a sudden, you can see more than you ever saw before. And your eyes begin to adjust. And you, what do you do? And you pray for more enlightenment. And all of a sudden, God begins to show you, here's why I created you. Here's what you're for. Take this step, then take the next step. And as you do, you begin to see God enlighten you. Until one day you walk out and bring the house lights up now. You have full knowledge of God's calling to you in Christ Jesus. That's the way it works. It's a little bit more at first, but you believe and you believe and you believe and you follow and you follow and you follow. And all of a the sudden there comes a moment where God gives you clarity and wisdom. I was talking the other day, uh, I have a 10-year strategic plan, basically, uh, for River Valley for the next decade of our life. Because if we don't plan ahead in that way, what is going to happen very quickly is we are going to run out of space. And we're going to begin to, like we did in the early days, people, we don't turn people away. We don't say we don't have any more room, but we're like, good luck putting your kid in that class with, you know, 78 people or whatever it was, you, you know, like, and so, so we have, we have these plans, but as God begins to show us, he begins to show us clearer and clearer and clearer. And that's what we want for you. God, show me in this next stage of my life. It might be complete dark to just a little light at first, or then more and more and more, but God, show me what is my calling in this next season. So let's pray right now for that. First of all, just declare to God, I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me. Regardless of the circumstances of your life, even the bad ones, God has a plan. Acknowledge that. I know you have a reason for my existence. If you're in a transitional part of your life, God... Help me to understand what do I do with this new job or this new opportunity or these children or now these no children or this retirement or this, whatever it is. Pray for us as a church. Pray for River Valley. We are called. We are about reaching, helping, and connecting to Jesus. God, help us to grasp our calling. Help us to see you working in ways and join you there. Help us to never be the type of people that say, oh good, now that I'm here, that's good enough. Because somebody paved the way for you to come. Father, we thank you for the calling that we have as individuals. I pray that you would clarify and give wisdom to those who are seeking after. What am I supposed to do in this next period, this next stage? And I praise you, God, that in faith you will show us who we are in Christ Jesus. Show us our calling. Amen. Last request, verse 19. And what is the immeasurable uh, greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work, uh, working of his strength? So right there, there are two words that I want to highlight. The first is power, and the second is strength. And uh, I, I very seldom do this, um, but I texted my wife this week, and I was like, you are not going to believe this, but I actually used my Greek this week. So uh, if you don't know, the New Testament is written in Greek, uh, and I learned how to uh, use it and read it in 
in seminary. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, I'm from West Texas. We didn't learn to read till our senior year of high school. So uh, it's not like I'm the sharpest crayon in the box, right? Um, so, but, but I did learn, and, and I, I do still, still retain some of that knowledge. And I actually used it this week because there's a really, really uh, wor- interesting wordplay that il- illustrates what we're talking about. The first word is power. Power is the Greek word dunamis. That's dynamite. It's where we get dynamite from. I don't have any friends that I know of who have dynamite. So I was like, I need some firecrackers. It's the next best thing. I need, I need to illustrate this with some black cats, with some firecrackers. So I was like, oh, man, if I'd have preached this in you know, July, it'd have been really easy. But where do I find firecrackers right now? And I was walking down the hall talking to, uh, to our receptionist about, I really need some firecrackers. And Ben Johnson, our executive pastor, goes, I've got some in my office. Are you kidding me? What are you, 12? I mean, you're just like, yeah, and whoopee cushions and all, you know, like it was just, but he's got these fireworks in his office. And I was like, well, that was really easy. I mean, you're, you're just like, oh, I should ask for a motorcycle or something. And uh, so, you know, so, so the Greek word for power here is this, is, is dunamis. It's where we get dynamite. It's boom. It's explosive one-time power. It's something that starts you off and propels you really well, like, like a firecracker or dynamite would, would, would boom, immediately send you on your way. The second word, the working of his strength, is the word energia. It's where we get energy from, like a battery. So if you're going to accomplish anything, what this verse is saying is you need God's power first like dynamite that, boom, starts you off and pushes you on your way and gets you moving. And then you need energy to keep up going with that. Because we've all seen, boom, explosive, and then it just fizzles out because we don't have energy. And we've all seen without an explosion at first how, how hard it is to start without it, like a jump start. It's much easier to start with a jump start. So you've got the dynamite and the energy together, and that's God's power at work in us. And that's, that's the words that he uses here. So the words are the illustration. The words are the picture. God wants to, if you are moving towards anything, for us as a church, as we are moving towards anything, we've got to explode out of the gate. We've got to, man, make, you know, because people will be like, is this going to happen? You're like, oh yeah, boom, it's already happening. In fact, that's been my prayer for this year, and it, God is, is, is answering a prayer. My prayer was that God would send a heavy rain, that we would grow very quickly, very fast. We have done that. Um, most, most weeks, we're between 200 and 400 up from the previous week a year ago. And so it's tremendous, tremendous growth. But then God give us a steady rain that we would continue on. Not just a boom one time, but a continual and steady rain. So that's what God wants you to understand. This is how things get done. This is how great movements start, boom, start us with something, and then give us the energy to continue. Now, this is how we're going to pray for that within our uh, capital campaign coming up, that God would immediately give us, let's just be honest, cash, money, that we would start out with immediate, like, because when you're talking about millions of dollars a project, people are like, are we able to do that? And when you're able to say, yes, I, you know, God has given me something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, give that sacrificially to the church, then you're able to say, yes, and look, we've already got this much. That's how we start. You, you start out with a big bang, and then, and then you, you pray, Lord, we're going to do this for, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about it this fall, but we're going to do it for 20, 2024, 2025, and 2026, so three years. So God, we need energy to continue that going. We'll have a big initial uh, 
influx of cash, but then God is, you bless us as we earn money, as we have our resources that we continue to give over these next three years. God, help us to have dynamite and energy for your name. So let's pray right now for that. And this is our, our closing prayer today. So today, pray, is there, it, what is God doing in your life? If you've got a new endeavor, if you are trying to uh, accomplish something, whatever, I'm talking about you and your family. Pray, God, give me dunamis, give me dynamite. Give me explosive power to start this thing, to really see some fast progress. And then secondly, God, give me energy to keep going. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. Made sure and got a a D-sized battery here because I don't want a little triple A. I want enough power. Like, God, I want to go the distance. Pray for that. God, help me. If it's raising children, God, help me to go the distance. It's a new season, a new situation. God, give me explosive power to jumpstart this thing and then give me energy to continue. Now, in the life of River Valley, next month we'll be, we'll have some vision meetings and and we'll be uh, asking people for initial offerings before the end of the year. Ask God, God, help us to have dynamite. Help us to have an explosive first offering. We can't do this, and I'm not, this is not me asking you to dig deep. Please don't hear that. This is the power of God. God, we are asking for your power to show up in a way that we are amazed at how much you start us with. And specifically, we're talking about finances here. Specifically, we're talking about money. But God, we've got, we've got a 10-year strategic plan Give us energy to keep going. We could sit back right now and say, you know what? A thousand people is pretty good. That's enough. But we all have friends and family and coworkers and neighbors who still don't know Jesus Christ, who need a church home, who need a place where their children can get connected, who need a group of people who are like-minded Christians. God, help us to not say that. Help us to make the way for the next group and give us energy all the days of our life to serve you well. God, we praise you that we can do this for your glory, as you say in your word, and the glory of our Father in his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.